Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building a big business and an even bigger life. I'm your co-host, Tiffany Fikes. I'm Sarah Reynolds. And I'm Seychelle Van Poole. And I'm Kimber Lovett-Minkiti. And today we are going to be shining a light on imposter syndrome, and more importantly, the four ways that you can harness it to get momentum and good in your life. So before we do that, like I know this is a, a strong topic that we all resonate with, but how are you guys doing? Well, let's talk about some imposter syndrome. We, yes. How long did it take us to get to record on this episode right here? Like we got Sarah and some 2002 headphones <laughs> figuring out how to make it happen. Yeah. It's like it's our first episode. I know. Yeah, it so took I, us like my, 35 minutes to get this together today like before <laughs> we're even hitting record, y'all. <laughs> my, my, uh, I'm wearing the plug-in because I my AirPods broke and I'm wearing the plug-in headphones from like early 2000s. And I can't like, I went to go lean to get my water and I like, like pulled me back. Um, and so just remembering <laughs> how amazing it is that we have wireless uh, AirPods now. Technology. I mean, that's like that's right. technology. <laughs> So you're really, just here to appreciate the advancement. Yes, made it really is true. Things. Yeah, it really is. When true. was the last time that was on y'all's gratitude journal? <laughs> you know, That's true. <laughs> it it isn't on my gratitude journal, but watching <laughs> watching you and the way that you had to handle them, I am grateful. <laughs> it is for now. wireless headphones. <laughs> so we have. Quinn, a, I heard we had a, a guest for our imposter yeah, syndrome. We have a guest. Episode. So oh. Quinn. Our nine-year-old is um, very into hairstyles right now. And she, like, at one point got this mannequin head that, um, you you know, you can do hairstyles on. And she put it next to me. I'm in our recording in our sunroom, and she put it next to me on the sofa next to me. I'm going to have to – I'm going to get it. Um, and it's, like, hidden under these pillows. And I keep walking by it, and it's scaring the you-know-what out of me every time I walk by because it looks like someone got murdered in our sunroom and it's just like hidden in here. So we need, a, we need a name. We need a name because we're going to have an imposter with us today. I'm going to get her though because you can see, I don't think she has hairstyles right now. She's just kind of like hidden in the hidden in the couch. Well, she's been murdered. So of That's course right. her hair is not looking very <laughs> good. <laughs> and left in the couch. Oh, there she oh. is. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, what's she's her got name? crimped hair. <laughs> what What should her name be? We need some suggestions, listeners, on right. what her name help should be. Out. This sh- could show up in reels what our imposter looks like. But she's going to represent our imposter. She's our imposter for today. Imposter syndrome episode. Mm-hmm. So anytime you feel like an imposter, I just need you to think about the head hiding in my couch, um, and it's going to give you bravery to do hard things that you didn't <laughs> think you could do. So, Kimber, <laughs> what what is imposter syndrome? I know. Well, this was kind of fun getting ready for this because I kind of like dove into this wild world of understanding imposter syndrome. And I was sort of surprised. I don't know if you guys knew this, right? It was first coined in 1978 by two women, Pauline Clance and Dr. Suzanne Imes, who published a book or uh, article, The Imposter Phenomenon, get this, in high achieving women. Dynamics and therapeutic intervention. So it literally was identified originally as something that was like syndrome, right? A condition of high-performing women. Wow. That think that they have an exaggerated ability, um, like of their own views, right? That other people have an exaggerated view of their abilities, that you have mm. fear of being exposed as a fraud, mm-hmm. and this continuous tendency to downplay your actual achievement. So that was sort of the three things that they, this was in the 1970s, right? 
So here that's fascinating, though, like in the 1970s yeah. that this came out and yet still here, you know, 40 plus years later, we're still talking about it. 45 years oh, later, right? That's, yeah. That's interesting. Now there's entire huh. like imposter syndrome institutes and studies. Yeah. It's become a huge, like it was kind of powerful to just start start to dig into it. Hmm. Um, in the workplace, a really big, big thing, right? It's where it's showing up the most. And what I thought was really cool is that it's commonly now defined as an internal psychological experience, right? Of feeling like a phony in some yeah. areas of your life, despite all these other evidence to the contrary, right? So that was sort of the big piece. And I, what I thought was really cool, obviously now we know it's not just something women struggle with. It's something that men and women and people who identify across the spectrum uh, identify with. And that 70% of people will experience some form of imposter syndrome in their life. Whoa. Wow. Okay. See, I just thought this was like maybe an isolated thing or maybe like I, you know, like just going internal for a second, like it was me, I'm feeling it, but nobody else experiences this because they all have their stuff together. Right. Which of course is like exactly imposter syndrome, but like, I didn't, I didn't realize it impacted that large of a percentage of our population. That's, I mean, that's staggering. Wow. Crazy. Well, so Yeah, like if you think, well, have I ever had imposter syndrome or what does that look like? Or like, what does that show Hmm. up like? If we know it's an internal thing, it means it's probably things that you're saying to yourself in your head. Um, So think about, have you ever agonized over even the smallest mistake or flaw in your work? And I don't know that that's necessarily specifically just imposter syndrome, but if that is a constant thing for you, that would be just a little flag. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have you ever attributed so, your success? Sorry, sorry, oh, sorry. Go ahead. To interrupt, to interrupt you um, about that. That that can be imposter syndrome for sure. And I think so many of us struggle with that. Um, and we can put this in the show notes. Um, but I saw this today, and it was so powerful. It's a circle, and it says discipline is not about perfection. Discipline is about continuity like continuing, like not giving up. Mm. So many times when we Mm. have issues with perfection, which I think many of us, I know I do, and I know some of my co-hosts do it too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that is part of imposter syndrome actually because that expectation of ourself is what makes us feel like we're not ready for something because we're not perfect yet in whatever it is. Right. Um, So what a powerful question, Tiffany. So have you ever like been worried about small mistakes? I love that. I think, I think about two with that is um, how many people don't apply for opportunities or don't go after opportunities because they feel like they have not completed the earning of the opportunity yet. And so like the, like how many, you know, and I, since I'm a woman, I can speak for women, but how many women have, have we like not interviewed for jobs or other people have like applied for it. And yet there was a deserving female that totally and completely qualified for the job, but because she felt like she hadn't completed all of the steps to have 100% of that job description nailed, they didn't apply for it. But yet there are other people that qualify for 10% of those qualifications that are throwing their hat in the ring. So, you know, how many times, even with your job, you may be a perfectionist, but also I think about like imposter syndrome with like how many roles have we not applied for because we just didn't feel like we had earned 100% of it yet um, in that role. Yeah. So true. Um, And that kind of goes into, like, if you felt sensitive 
to even constructive criticism. So like in your role, if you feel like you have Ooh, imposter yeah. syndrome, you're going to be much more sensitive to uh -huh. someone criticizing the mistakes or flaws in your work because you don't you don't feel you're valid already, in that. You already yeah. believe you shouldn't be here. So if somebody says, oh, you've done something wrong, you may be more sensitive to that kind of feedback. Um, another question I would ask, and this one helps me see where I have imposter syndrome, is where I've attributed success to luck or outside factors. Mm. So, like, I know when I was starting out in, in the production world and working in the documentary world, and I would get hired as a low-level PA. And then within a couple of days, I'm, like, elevated to the assistant camera. And then at, by the end of the week, they're, like, moving me into something else. And I would tell people all the time, I, I do nothing different than anybody else. I, I In my mind, I show up just like everybody else. How mm. is this happening? And so, like... That moment of time is my impossible. I don't see the differences. I think I show up just like everybody else, but other people can look in and see a difference. And things change because of that. It wasn't luck or, you know, I just, I was confused for a decade, probably. Mm. Very, very confused. Um, so that would be a question. Do you attribute your success to luck or outside factors? Um. Have you, do you ever feel like you will inevitably be found out as a phony? It is. Like, do it you think sure is. Um, this is going to so be the we've moment got some questions when they ask, realize right? I have no you, idea what I'm doing? This, I feel right? that as a mom sometimes. Oh, yeah. I don't know about y'all. Like, we're really not moms? <laughs> like, I tell my kids all the time. Well, well, no, like, we have no idea what we're doing. Like, I tell yeah. my oldest that all the mm -hmm. time. Like, mm -hmm. I have never raised a 13-year-old. I don't know what I'm doing. You've never been a 13-year-old. You don't know what you're doing either. <laughs> but, you know, that, like, I'm going to be found out is not really knowing what I'm doing. Um, I think especially when Quinn was a baby, that for me, like, the first three years of life, when, like, especially you're trying to still keep a company running and work and do all of those things and, and also be a new mom at the same time, I remember showing up to play dates or, like, to stuff at school just being, like, how do these people all have this together? Like how 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 does everyone else seem like so like assured of what they're doing? Because I have no freaking clue what is happening here. Like no idea how to do any of this. And yeah, it was very internal. Like didn't talk about it at all. Well, and social media has like made that even more right because you because the perception is that like everybody has it together all the time because I took a hundred photos and I only posted the one that was perfect and so it, you feel even more like that's a right like everybody's got it figured out and they're gonna all figure out that I don't have all the balls and one of my big question people are like how do you do it all and I'm like I don't it's my number one answer to that question I don't actually do it all. <laughs> Like just owning it. I love those Instagram lunch videos where it shows moms putting like all these perfectly, like they're putting like perfect barbecue and then like something else and something else that like clearly took like nine hours to make their lunch that morning. And I'm like shoving goldfish in and like there's a cheese or in my stick world, they'll be like, mom, you yeah. forgot my lunch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, oh, and, I, and oh, right. I don't even take that on. My, mm -hmm. my boys have made their lunch since they were seven. Just because I can't handle it. I just yeah. can't handle it. If y'all yeah. want to eat, I will provide <laughs> the food, food in the pantry. <laughs> I love it. See? And that's, there's a great example of imposter syndrome even thinking you have to make the lunch. You don't even have to make it. Right there. <laughs> that's a parenting hack. 
Um, Okay, so the last question I would leave you with before we get into tips is, have you downplayed your own expertise, even in areas where you are genuinely more skilled than others? So I think it— Have y'all ever done that? Yeah, I I think it would be powerful for us to— talk, talk through our own experiences in terms of this. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if, if it's just me, but I struggle with that last question probably the most because I, so I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, person of faith and that things weren't like they were gifted to me to be used for good. They weren't, um, they're not like my own doing, you know? So it's like, I have a, I struggle because my faith belief, right, is to always give glory to to God for giving me the skills, right? And so I have a hard time with like taking like taking skills and like owning them as my my own type of thing. And so I don't know about you guys, but that's my biggest struggle with imposter syndrome is that is like how do I make sure that I understand my pa- like the power within me, right? That was given to me, but and at the same time not come across as I think it's me, like all Sarah. And so that that's a big struggle for me. And, and when I realized that was probably about, let's see, two years ago now, uh, Gary Keller, so he's the founder of Keller Williams, st- started c- calling me and talking with me. And we were number one or two in the company at the time, but we hadn't had like a one-on-one really relationship up until like a f- couple years ago. And I had a few calls with him and I kept telling my team like, I don't know why he's calling me. Like, I'm not clear why he's calling me. And so then I had a team member sit in with me. Our, our chief growth officer sat in on one of the calls and we hung up and he looks at me, he goes, Sarah, Gary's asking for your advice. And I was like, what? He goes, he was asking for your advice. And you are like, just like listening to him, like, and he's trying to ask you like for help because we were talking about direct to consumer. And so anyways, my biggest real is it made me realize like I had imposter syndrome in that conversation. I didn't feel like I could give advice or because I, Gary Keller, oh my goodness, like why in the Mm -hmm. world would he want to talk to me? Like he should be talking to somebody else. Like why is he spending time talking to me? And it was such a powerful realization of, okay, I have value that I can give based on the gifts that were given to me, right? I value that I can give to help him. Um, And I am capable. I am someone that should be asked for advice from, uh, in, in, in terms of, uh, helping. And so I think that was my most probably powerful, like imposter syndrome realization moment. What about you guys? I think for me, it was when we were in our mastermind of like the top 200 people in the company. And, um, I, I felt like I, I kept waiting to be valid enough to be called on to be asked about something instead mm. of um, voluntarily sharing. I didn't feel I I deserved or I had, the, even though I'd been in the business, what, at that point, like, you know, 12 or 15 years and we run a really successful company, I felt like, well, the reason why they're not calling on me is maybe I'm not valid yet. Or the reason why I'm not being asked for my opinion is, is I just haven't earned the right yet. And what I realized was, and we'll talk about this in the episode, right, through some of the, some of the tools we're going to give you, um, what I realized through some of those tools was um, no one is going to hand you the microphone. Like, 
no one's going to voluntarily say like, oh, this is your time. Like (laughs) you've earned it and I'm going to give it to you today. It's a, you have to raise your hand and you have to stand up and you have to share your story and bring others with you along on the journey. And um, through some of the tools we will talk about today, like it really gave me permission, I think, to be more brave um, and sharing some of the things that we had within us anyways, but, and, and that made us special or our superpowers, but maybe were not known on the outside. And I think about how many times I have downplayed like my experience or strengths or perspective to allow somebody else who was just brave enough to take the microphone. It wasn't, it wasn't that they're, you know, and they have great opinions and great input, but I downplayed it because I just, I didn't raise my hand. And how many, how many times have I done that? I mean, hundreds, I'm sure in my lifetime. And I just, I wasn't raising my hand. So I had, I had to get more comfortable with the, also the fear of rejection that could come with that too, if somebody didn't agree with you. Um, and that was, you know, that was okay too, but I had, I had to learn how to, to get around that also. Cause I think I was afraid of rejection if I was wrong or said something dumb or, you know, not valid. Absolutely. No, I think I, that's, yeah. You know, I think about moving into, you know, the regional director. So in Keller Williams, right, sort of our executive roles are regional directors that that support a full region. And so when the this opportunity four years ago came about, it was actually, right, two men that were sort of tapping me saying, you should think about this. And I was like, yeah, no thanks, right? Number one, there was nobody that looked like me, right? There was no other Black females. I couldn't see it in the industry in this room, not like, not just at Keller Williams, as, as a, but across any brand. Um and there was certainly nobody that was like a young mom who was trying to balance it. So I just immediately was like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Not like it doesn't even seem like a path that I would be on um, or deserve to be on. And so I went through the process. And even as I like today, looking back, rationalize like why I did it, it was more like, I'm just going to open this door. Like, I'm not really going to be able to do the job, but I like open the door. People will know that like, oh, there can be a woman in this role that looks like me and it'll bust open the door for everybody else before they figure out that I'm really not, like that I was just an agent or like, right, that I didn't really know. Um, and I was, similar to you say, I just got in the room and I was really quiet because I was like, well, I don't want them to find out that I don't really know what the heck they're talking about half the time. So it was it was a good like realization and what fast forward to today and we're doing, I, you know, I get to do a lot of growth. And, and I um, said to one of my business partners, I said, man, right now is such an easy time to get in relationship with other top producers. Like everybody I've called in the last two weeks has agreed to meet with me. Like you guys just need to pick up the phone. And he looked at me and he said, that doesn't work for everyone. Like not everyone just said, they're saying yes, because it's you, because you're valid. It's a, right. And when mm. John said that to me, I was like, it really, like, this was just a couple of weeks ago. And it just struck me that I was like, oh, well, maybe right. That, that, that imposter that like, no, everybody, everybody should pick up the phone, guys. Everybody's meeting with everybody. And he was like, not necessarily. <laughs> so, like you're good at what you do, Kimber. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, that would find you that they would benefit from that. And I was like, huh. <laughs> well, and that's what the, the steps we're going to go through is one of them is those, you know, like the people you surround yourself with, like will help you see the things. Cause it just like my story about, you know, I, I got offered a job from VH1 when I was in college after I only worked like they like they wanted to move me to New York City and these strangers called out in me something I didn't even see in myself Mm. and that like those people that speak into others lives like 
you maybe can't beat your own imposter syndrome and your own strength. You know, Sarah, kind of like you're saying, like you need the people around you and you need yes. to believe them when they talk to you. Um, so, yeah. And, and I think before you can do that, I, I, I think it's really important to be authentic and vulnerable. If, if you answer yes to one of the questions that Tiffany went over, like it's okay to tell your people like, hey guys, I'm struggling with imposter syndrome. Like, and I had vocalized that a couple years ago when I first heard it. And that probably is what gave Matt the freedom or thinking like, oh, I need to tell her this is on display right now. And because he knew, because I was authentic and vulnerable with my leadership team. And so if you, it's okay to say like, hey, we all struggle, including me. And then that way your team can help uplift you. Um, and so we all, every single human that's on here, right, has had multiple imposter syndrome um, scenarios. So we broke down some steps on how um, we have overcome them and or how that we're navigating um, them that we're going to go into. So I love should we that. get going? Well, you know, and if you're, if you're with us and you answered yes on this, like just know you're not alone. And Brene Brown always reminds us that on the vulnerability journey, right, shame cannot survive in the light. So we are shining a light on imposter syndrome, and um, we're going to give you four strategies that shout out to Kimber. Kimber has put together for us today. They're awesome um, that you can implement to harness for good in your life and to help you overcome imposter syndrome. So I'm going to give us the first one, which is um, to record the wins that you have and embrace the lessons that you experience in the failure because the lessons are how we grow, right? That's how we get better. That's how we improve. If someone is giving you an opportunity for improvement, it's because they care. They're not trying to put you down. Usually someone that gives you feedback is giving it to you because they care enough. And you have got to slow down and record your wins. Do you all have anywhere that you keep track of your wins or like a way in which you kind of like have like a little treasure trove at all when you experience wins or do you celebrate them in a way? I'd just be curious on that. I, I think this actually came up. So George and I just got back from the couple's goal setting retreat last weekend. And it's always such a special uh, weekend for us. And um, one of the things that came up was for, I don't know, a decade and a half, I've had a prayer journal. And I journal prayer requests. And when I have my white space and my prayer time, I, I pray. And then I highlight them when they're answered. Well, the last year I stopped without realizing. Um, and it came it came up in, um, it, it, I, I realized it this past weekend, like, wait, why did I get away from that? That was such a core part of who I am. And, and that what that is recording wins. Um, because like, and it's not just my wins, right. But it's like, I'm a lot of times praying for my friends and stuff that they have going on and team members, but like recording, like that's my, like one of the things that I do. And then on a personal and professional level, um, having, doing the 401 or having some type of accountability set up to where you're marketing it as I, I did that, like I accomplished that goal. Um, so having your yearly goals, both personal and professional on a place that you look at every single day and then marking those as done. And I think we have an episode where we went over the 401 um, and we can put that in the, I'll put that uh, in the show, show notes, notes for you guys. Sure. Yep. yep. What about you yeah, guys? I How think one of the powerful wins? ones is to go back. Like if you're in the real estate industry or depending on what industry you're in, like it's a big contraction this mm. year and it can feel like just you didn't hit anything. 
We didn't win because you were like, you were so, you were 30, 40. Yeah, you were just losing. And what I found helpful was to go back to some of the earlier years, like when Mm. your first year in real estate, when selling 52 houses was like the big, audacious, wild goal. And like just the win that today selling 200 houses feels like we didn't succeed when literally like, you know, a decade ago, five years ago, I couldn't even have imagined. My brain didn't even know that that was possible. And so it just grounds you. Sometimes the wins of the past actually give us the grace going forward to realize, you know what, like, you actually like the, the what do they say the 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 problems of today or the or what you prayed for five years yes. ago or whenever right like it, yes. it, that win isn't necessarily bound by time it might be that just going back in time and looking at some of your your goals and realizing Sarah to your point that those prayers came true or like right were realized is really powerful. Yeah, and and Seychelle wrote an episode actually about how to know whether or not we're you're winning, and we're going to be um, th- that's coming up in the next few weeks. So be t- be on the lookout for that. And that's a powerful thing if if when we're struggling, Kimber, what like sometimes it means we got to go back and okay, we got through that, so we can get through this, right? And we have a little. I wanted to give a little plug for Say's amazing uh, class that she wrote, and that we're going to talk about that in an episode to come. Thank you. The last thing I'll say on recording the wins is um, for those of you that have a love language of words of affirmation, um, when somebody sends you a text or somebody sends you a message of praise or a wow or a you did awesome or this is great, um, I've seen people that when that's their love language, they save those into like a little photo album. They'll just screenshot it and save it into a photo album. So when you're having a tough day, you can go back and actually like re-receive those words of affirmation or re-receive that external validation that sometimes when you're feeling really low internally can kind of help give you that jolt of dopamine or that jolt of like affirmation you need to get through a hard time. Um, and I thought, I can't remember who it was that told me about that, but I thought that was just such a great idea. And especially we've, we've done a love languages episode, but especially if words of affirmation is something that gives you energy, right? What a great way to have that like on demand um, to be able to help you in a tough time. So I thought that was a really cool idea too. Yeah. So what other ways do you handle imposter syndrome? Well, I I liked what you said, say, about embracing the lessons through with failures. Yeah. Um, How do you guys do that? Like in terms of like from a tactical, like when you fail or learn a lesson, like turning, making sure that we're learning from it to then count it as a win because those are actually most likely our biggest wins. A hundred percent. Well, I mean, I I think like when you fail, you should fail forward Um, because usually when you fall, like you think about a little kid when they fall and they're running and they fall, usually the momentum carries them to fall forward. It's not as common that kids fall back. You usually fall Mm. forward when you fall and then you get back up. But you usually, when you get back up, you're still a step or two ahead of where you were when you fell. Um, and so I think about that as adults. It's like when when we fail, usually we fall forward, sometimes flat on our face, right? But we're still, I mean, you know, I'm short. I'm five foot two. I'm five, I'm five feet ahead of where I was if I'm falling flat on my face, right? That's still ahead of where I was when I fell down. Um, so if I can get up and continue moving forward and brush myself off and say, okay, what did I learn? Um, and what opportunities do I have? I think always when I fail, I look first at myself and say, okay, where did I screw up? What did I do in that? What do I need to own? Um, you know, instead of turning around and saying it was all this person's fault or it was all the environment or it was all this, right? It's like, what can I control in this situation? What can I, what did I do to contribute to it? 
Um, and sharing it, like Sarah, your point on like authenticity and vulnerability, it's really important we share that with our team or with our loved ones when we screw up, like here's kind of what I'm learning and here's what I did and here's what I'm experiencing because our kids are watching that. Um, and so it gives them permission to fail too. Um, but that, that's, that's been a huge one for me is I'm very comfortable failing publicly, <laughs> more so now than before. <laughs> I, I, I have never had a good relationship with failure. Like mm. that's a big part of my story and who I am. Like failure was failure. Like 99 ah. was not a hundred, you know, like oh. that, like failure at even a minor level, um, I didn't enjoy. I saw no benefit. The whole point was to get away from failing. Like, um, and so learning to embrace that. And a lot of times figuring, I'm I'm glad that you brought up Brene Brown's like concept on shame. Like, is yeah. failure shame inducing? Like, oh. does failure make you a bad person? Or does failure yeah. mean you made a bad choice? You know, like that's the difference between learning from failure and failure in- inducing shame in you. And so, like, when you fail, do you think I am a failure or do you think I failed? Because if you believe you're a failure, I mean, that's imposter syndrome and you can't learn anything from that because you are. You are. And if you just failed, then you get get up and dust yourself off and look at it again and say, like, all right, that's not a feeling I want to have again. What do I need to change? How can I learn and where can I grow? And, like, that's been a big part of my journey is – I'm I'm okay looking stupid publicly. Uh, like I'll be silly. I'll I'll make you laugh because you think I look stupid. But if you think that I failed, that feels so heavy to me, or used to feel so heavy to me. Mm. And that's been a part of my journey is releasing shame around failure. And it's just a thing that happens. It's not a thing that I am. Tiffany, oh. that is so so good. powerful. That is so, so good. good. <laughs> I'm Carl's reminded to re-listen to that. Yeah, <laughs> like that is so good. I I'm thinking like you're bringing up a really interesting point on that. Like when we first started the podcast, I thought it was because we were awesome that we were doing the podcast, and then within like a week of recording, my entire business fell apart. And I realized through that first six months of recording that my role on the podcast was actually not to be awesome and valid. It was actually to be vulnerable and fail. And getting, like, I still have a lump in my throat even admitting that, but, like, getting over that and, like, having to figure out how to fail publicly through our first Mm. six months of recording. Really, it's probably, what, Sarah, like, two years of failing forward Um, (laughs) through weekly episodes. But, yeah. But, like, I think think we all thought, oh, we're awesome. We're doing this. And then it was, like, actually, no, you're going to get a swift kick in the face right away. And your job is to to fail on this. like, you're right. That's not comfortable. You're so right. And like, and then attaching yourself, like your sense of self to that, Tiffany, is such a great um, connection. Because I think about how many times we've done that. It's so, that's so fair. It's so good. Yeah, I think inside of that, and when I look at imposter and Brene called it out, right, in this idea of like perfectionism, Mm -hmm. because when we're holding back from the failure, it's because we like believe there's a world that expects us to have everything together and perfect mm-hmm. and have it show up. And I think that's actually like embracing, like to what you're saying is like, it's actually not who I am that yeah. many, Absolutely. and I think it's interesting that this was started and first discovered, right. With, per, with high performing women, 
because I think we struggle with that perfectionism expectation of like, everyone expects it to all be together and to never fail. And who is the they? And is it right? How do we lean into the fact that that's actually how we grow and get stronger? I love that, Kimber. So so step one for overcoming imposter syndrome is to record wins and embrace the lessons of failure, right? So figure out a system to record wins, especially if you are finding that this is something you struggle with, which all of us here do. So uh, find, figuring out a system to record it. So number two um, with overcoming it is leaning into your strengths. So all of us have been gifted with unique strengths. I mean, it is um, Gallup who does strength finders says that it's one in 94 millionth of a chance that there's another human being on the planet with the same top 10 strengths of you as you in the same order. Meaning that even if someone has the same strengths, if they're in a different order, they're, you're, you're going to use them differently um, based on your other strengths that are below 10, right? But every single human being is unique and gifted. And you want to lean into those gifts and not be like ashamed of them. Um, I, at the goal setting retreat, um, within, I don't know. So it's a room of, there was maybe what, 350, maybe 500 people there. Um, it was a pretty good size room. And like I walk in and Jay Papazan and Wendy Papazan are amazing, uh, co-host and the, Jay is the author of the one thing, um, we're on stage and he, they gave us an exercise and they said your your core values are not something to be competitive over, meaning like yours are not over better than someone else's at your table. And so then he made a joke saying, Sarah, this isn't a competition, like joking, right? Well, competition is my number one strength. And I just like sulked. I was like, Ugh, like, why am I known for that? Like, why was that mentioned? Like a competition came up and Sarah's name, like, was in the same sentence. And I'm like, and, and I am competitive. And obviously that's what people, that's my number one strength. And then later in the day, which I'll talk about when we get to point number three on how to overcome it. Um, I had a huge realization that I wasn't owning my strength. I wasn't leaning into it. Why am I ashamed? Like he thought of me. That means he thinks of me as a winner, right? Like why? That's nothing to be ashamed of. Okay. And, and it was like, it's lean into your strengths. Like you are gifted and you are unique and special and you don't be ashamed of them. Don't be afraid of them, like lean into them. Um, and that will help you just realize you bring something to a room that no one else does because of how you were created. And so you being quiet is a, is a loss for the room. You're not an imposter. It would be losing if you, if you were quiet because you have very unique strengths that need to be heard. Yeah, that's huge. The you, like you being quiet actually minimizes the room. Like you think it's, it's you staying small, but you're actually shrinking the room because of who you are and what you bring that's different than everybody else. I love that, Sarah. And also it shifts the focus. Like sometimes we're so focused on the gap so focused on the skill that we're not strong at or the thing we need to get better at or the thing we're not good at. And we're not actually focusing on the gain, right? Of the thing that actually 
you are uniquely gifted to do. And every day, like if we woke up every day and got to live into the thing that is our unique gift and strength, like think about how much more energizing that is than feeling like waking up every day and you're like, oh my God, I still am not so good at financials. I'm just not good at it. I'm just like, right? Mm-hmm. Like what's the talk you're having around it versus being like, no, this is the strength that I bring to the table and making sure that the work you do and the places where you're giving that, you are able to really let that gift shine. Love that. Okay, so number three, how to fight imposter syndrome. And I really think this is the one that battles it the most. It's the strongest weapon you have. Um, Find your circle. Find your people who are going to show you the wins that you don't see or who are going to help you carry you through the failures or help you learn what you should have learned from them. They're the ones that are going to call out your strengths. You know, I've got a, I've got a, I don't know how big it is, a a thing on my wall that Seychelles made for me. And we each have one that is the strengths that we spoke over each other, that we've seen from each other over the last eight years. And like any time I think, whew, how am I going to do that? I look up there and I'm like, all right, I'm going to use that one. I'm going to use that one. Like, and that bolsters me. So like just even, even that. So your circle, your people who speak life, into you, who call you into your greatness, who, like Sarah, I remember the first time when you said competition is my biggest strength and like, I'm sorry about that, or I know that's a problem. And everybody in the room said what to you? No, it's amazing. Like, A, no, a man wouldn't say that. We were talking about being aggressive, which is a part of being a competitor. Top, like competition is a sign of aggressiveness, I guess. Um, and that say like a man would be bragging about that is what everyone said. Like, why are you diminishing yourself? Yeah. But it had to do with, I was in a circle where that happened. I mean, the, the amazing thing at, at, at the goal setting retreat is, so our circle has extended now to something that we call the empire circle at her best life. And so we have our circle of 11 of us that have been together like really leaning into each other and our greatness and pouring into one another, calling it out when we see each other have imposter syndrome, right? Um, and we started something at Her Best Life called Empire Circle. And it's a it's a small group of females that know that they want to like lean, go all in on having big businesses, but even bigger lives. So it's like th- their focus is on that, right? And so they were at my table and I was complaining about why am I known for competition, right? And um, Pam, who is part of the Empire Circle, was there, Pamela. And all throughout the day, I would share something and she would say, that's your competition strength. That's your competition strength. You did it like that with your team because of your competition strength. And things that I didn't even see because strengths are so natural that you don't even Mm -hmm. see them. Like they're so natural, you don't see them. So like she was pointing them out all day. And I thought about, it's because of the circle I'm in that that even is, and if I wasn't there, I would have walked away feeling completely different than I did at the end of the day. So are you in a room where other females, where other people will call out when they see that you're struggling with imposter syndrome? Like find your circle that you need to find. And obviously we have Her Best Life that can help you do that, okay? Um, But find your circle to where you can lean into a group of women, a group of people, right? This isn't just uh, women um, that will pour into you and and not allow you to have imposter syndrome, so. I'm so appreciative for that. And I think about 
as we all have started to realize what our superpowers are, I think it took a lot of us a long time to actually understand what they are because other people saw them. We didn't even we didn't even consciously do it. We didn't even consciously know that we were showing up. Like Sarah will tell me all the time, what, we've been teaching a lot together lately, and she'll look at me and she'll go, that's your strategy strength showing up. Yes. That's your strategy strength showing up. Like she, <laughs> like I don't know how many times you've said that to me it's lately. It's amazing. Right? And you don't even realize you're doing it. Like you don't, because you just do it so naturally. And so like having a group that not only doesn't put you down, that doesn't make you shrink yourself to fit in a room, that doesn't make you apologize for who you are, but in, in on the other end, actually like amplifies your strengths and thinks that they're awesome. And wherever you are is where you are and it's great. And that's your starting point. And we grow from there. Like watching with our Empire Circle and Her Best Life, like it's been such a gift to watch these women who come in already awesome, already great, already wonderful. And what we're looking to do is to help them grow from there. You don't need to change a darn thing about yourself. We're looking to help you grow and, and improve and amplify. Like that's the room I want to be in. And that, that to me is what's so cool about it. And what y'all have gifted me is I didn't need to change myself to be in the room with you. I actually needed to embrace more of who I was. Um, and, and, and I had to give myself permission to be more of who I was, not less. And that, that for me has been such a huge gift of our circle um, because it's given me bravery and permission that I didn't have before. Ah, I love it. I love it. So powerful. Um, I'm loving this episode. Thank you guys. Um, So the last one, right? Our strategy for you is to take your seat at the table. And if you need a table and a circle, like we've got you at HBL and our Her Best Life community. And it might mean that you're walking into a room that you a hundred percent deserve to be in. And you may be the only person, right, who has certainly your gift and and strengths, but that your voice is needed at that table. So take a seat at the table where you are. And when you're there, like I think this Amplify and Her Best Life really was born out of all of us sitting, probably sliding up to a seat in a top, like, right, real estate agent room where maybe we didn't feel like we deserved to be there. And then walking in that room and watching how naturally men would would just amplify one another, right? They would say, oh, great point, great point, great point. And so then with intentionality, we began in our master, in our group, right, in our dolls group to amplify one another, not just in that room, but everywhere. When we saw each other and other women doing amazing things, we would double down on it, right? We would make sure that not only they saw it, but that other people saw what they were doing. So I think that opportunity to get in, get your seat at the table, and then celebrate the other people and shine a light on the things that they may not even see. Because I think that's how we break down imposter syndrome. We do it with, together. We do it by helping other people. Sarah, right, who leads just one of the, the most phenomenal businesses in the country and literally, right, still struggles with that. I love that you were talking about doing that at the retreat because we've been talking to you about the competition stream for five years, yes. right? And still today and it's shows awesome. up. Yeah. And it's awesome. Right. But I think it is. It's not something a lot of times this isn't one thing you experience, but it's likely going to be a pattern that is you need people to help you see constantly. Mm-hmm. So I just I think it's such a it's such a powerful thing. I love so that. good. I already feel stronger. What about you? I know. You guys ready to yes. go out and <laughs> yes. go out do and something do brave. What, <laughs> That's right. what? Go do something brave today. Yes. Go do something brave and and realize the greatness that's within you and lean into it and don't be afraid of it and know that there's a lot of other 
humans that see greatness in you that maybe you don't see in yourself and that you need to lean in and listen, accept it when they say it. Like mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I have, um, just a little tip that we'll leave our listeners with before we close, um, for how to, am- what to amplify. I've actually used the imposter syndrome as the trigger of what to amplify. So let me give you an example. Why I keep calling out Seychelles strategy in terms of her rapid problem solving. She's a very rapid problem solver and she can see the strategy before anyone else. Okay. And it's remarkable and I'm jealous of it. Meaning I wish I had it like this is like, I wish I could do that. I wish I could rapid problem solve. I wish I could see all the steps. Right. So because I have sort of imposter syndrome when I'm with say sometimes in terms of like, Oh, I don't have that. I use that as a, Oh, that means I need to amplify that in her. Like, I need to shine the light on that. Like, using that as the trigger to amplify someone else is, doesn't mean you're not supposed to be in the room. Mm. It means that you, the things that you see, tell them. Tell them. Because they need to hear it. So... Guys, thank you guys so much uh, for being with us today. If you got something out of the episode, we could really use some five-star reviews. Um, It's our way of our listeners, your way of telling the story of how this podcast has impacted your life. Um, So leave us a five-star review, and we do read each and every one of them, and we appreciate them so much. Um, And we celebrate them, actually. Yes, (laughs) yes, we do. So uh, give us that five-star review. uh, Leave a comment. We will read them, we promise. And then get out there and uh, continue leading big businesses. And don't forget that big life along the way. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Have a great week. Bye.